Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, the Talent Surgery, the Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Women of FinTech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today we are joined by Georgia Stewart, the CEO and co-founder of Tumelo. Their vision is an investment system that serves both people and the planet, where shareholders are connected to companies they own. Georgia has always been passionate about green finance and has a first-class degree from Cambridge University in Natural Sciences. Today, she'll be also sharing her views on diversity and inclusion within the workplace. So, Georgia, welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much, Nadia. I'm excited to be here today. Great. So, um, it would be brilliant if you could open up to tell us a bit more about Tumelo and exactly what you do. Okay, sure. So um, you summed it up quite nicely. Tomello is really on a mission to help pension members and retail investors, basically anyone who is investing money into the financial system. We want to help those people to see where their money is going, like what companies is it actually buying, and to have a voice at those companies to be able to influence change. So for example, if you have a stocks and shares ISA and you're invested in a fund, that fund probably invests in big companies like Tesla and Google and Facebook and Procter and Gamble and BP or Shell maybe. And what we're trying to help you do is see that in the first instance, because normally you can't. And then to say to those companies what you think about issues like gender equality, that comes up on the platform a lot, um, but also human rights and plastic pollution and climate change and all these issues that these massive corporations are um, dealing with and you as a shareholder or as, as an indirect shareholder in some cases um, should have more of a voice and be able to use your money to influence change. Amazing. So what I love about this is that, you know, you've always been passionate about green finance. Your degree was in natural sciences. You've now gone on to co-found this business. It's, it's, a, it's a brilliant story to hear. Where did this passion come from? Ooh question uh so uh well actually i really wanted to be a vet slightly strangely um <laughs> when i was growing up and i really cared about animals and then i didn't end up applying for veterinary and i applied to do like conservation so that's actually you know when i did natural sciences i really did climate change and conservation so kind of sustainability stuff is what i studied and so i'm still very passionate about animals and kind of protecting the rainforest and you know thinking about meat production and soy and all that stuff 
and that that's really like where my energy comes from I think everyone kind of has their own agenda some people care massively about gender equality that's clearly your passion some people are really really intent on you know changing human rights in the supply chain for me it's definitely um, like sustainability and, and kind of ecosystems and, and animals but essentially when I went to university I joined an amazing group of people working on a campaign to, ha- to make the university be a better investor themselves. And Cambridge you know, is an old archaic institution. They've got six billion pounds invested into the stock market, among other places. And we were trying to get them to be more transparent about where they were investing, you know, our student fees and the professor's pensions and to be a better shareholder. So to, to be pushing some of the companies that they were profiting from, like BP or Shell, and pushing them to behave better and operate better on things like climate change um, or things like gender equality. We spent lots of time thinking about ammunitions and, and the smoking industry when you know, we've got so many people at the university working on healthcare. It feels a little bit maybe hypocritical sometimes mm. to be investing in this stuff, or at least investing blind. So it just was really important that if I was living my lifestyle in a way that was kind of protecting the environment and putting all these things first, that actually your investment should align with that and actually that's really really hard to do at the moment because the industry is super opaque so what we are trying to do is bring transparency and and give you a voice where you otherwise are very unlikely to have one because of the levels of intermediate and the the fact that you really have no idea what's going on when you hand your money over to a platform or to an individual to invest on your behalf i think that's so so important and i think you know nowadays anybody looking to join in business um they want to know about mission, values, purpose. I think just hearing about who you are as a person and how that has transpired into, into what you do as a business, I think that's really, really inspiring. Um, so just to hear a bit more about that, I'd love to hear about that journey uh, between university and, and, and to Mellow. Yeah, so it wasn't super straightforward, I guess. Um, <laughs> never is, right? Probably never is. Yeah, exactly. So I started to matter with two guys, with uh, Ben and Will, who I went to university with. So we were on the same corridor for like three years. We were the same friends. And Ben's oh, amazing. My best friend. Yeah, it's super close. And sometimes that's a nightmare, but most of the time <laughs> yeah. So I started the company with them. We kind of all went our separate ways for a very short period of time after uni. So I uh, was working in a conservation agency, actually, and Ben was working for a satellite company and Will was working at an asset manager. And then at some point we all decided actually there was a better future and that we should build a platform that focused on sustainable investment and helped kind of the other people like us to get that transparency and control. And that's really what happened. And all three of us ended up moving into Will's parents' house in Bath and at one point like, the grandparents were there his sisters were still there it was like chaos and we were like tutoring and waitressing or I was waitressing um, at the same time so it was quite difficult in the first five months I mean it's still difficult now it's definitely more difficult now than it was before to be honest but anyway it felt like mayhem at the time but we ended up raising our first round of investment like four months after we started so it's like uh, April 2018 Congratulations. and at that point yeah we then couldn't really look back because we had real shareholders and we had to behave like adults. You know? so, <laughs> that was it. Amazing, amazing. So um, now, now that you're here as CEO, what does your role entail? Um, because I know the people listening to this, they really like to hear about the ins and outs. And, you know, one company CEO and another is, can be very, very different. Mm, yeah, I guess that's changed quite a lot over the last two and a half years. The company is 
well, it's almost three years old, and we are 18 people now, kind of based in Bristol, but pretty flexible. And so what is my role? I guess I do a lot of sales at the moment. So I'll like do cold outreach to new platforms because um, we're like a B2B SaaS company. So we sell our software to platforms on a kind of subscription basis and they can then make our features available to underlying users. So it's kind of like a B2B to C product model. Yeah. So I do a lot of those platform sales and then the account management that comes after the sale. I've got a great like product team. So most of the company is, is product, I would say. And then uh, me and a girl called Kara, yeah, who you've met um, does kind of sales and PR with me. So we're like the only people on the biz dev side, really. Everyone else is working on product. So we really need to grow the team. So I guess that's what I do from a like, CEO perspective is, is sales and I manage the team in terms of like culture, values. I do a lot of the hiring thinking about growth plans and then obviously all of the fundraising but our team is i would say like pretty autonomous we have quite a flat structure so i don't we don't really have much like we don't have managers so i I suppose especially as being quite young all of us were young the three co-founders when we started the company we immediately brought in people that were more experienced than us you know that that Uh knew more than us it didn't really make sense to have a like really hierarchical structure it just you know there are lots of people that needed to bring their own experience so I guess we've continued to evolve in that way and it's quite an autonomous culture that we have. So I don't need to really manage people, but I, I would say I manage the culture and make sure that people we're bringing in align to our values and care about the mission and, you know, that stuff you talked about before. Yeah, yeah that's so, that's all so important. And, and actually a, a lot of work to get right and to stay. Yeah. Like that's one of those things where, where you've got to just constantly, constantly work because it's a living, breathing thing culture, isn't it? It's so yeah. quite- Thing. Um, I think it sounds like um sorry it sounds yeah like that's something you could just do like an hour a week but I look back on my week and I've kind of spent like two and a half days just like managing culture whether that's writing good interview specs or good job specs or yeah or redoing our values we were looking at again last week or trying to make our vision catchier so people remember it you know any and all of that stuff it just continuously as you said takes time and especially as the team grows you then need you know, we, we, we created culture champions two weeks ago so that we could have some people constantly thinking about this stuff and thinking about how to embed it because as more people come, it becomes harder and harder. You know, if you were there with the original five people that came up with the values, it's super easy. You obviously remember them, but for other people, you want them to live and breathe it just as much, but it, you have to then think about mechanisms to make that happen. It doesn't mm. just happen naturally. Yeah. So yeah, it is a lot of work, that side of things, even though it doesn't feel like it should be <laughs> in a way. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's so, it's so important to get right, isn't it? Um, and that kind of takes me on to the, the next question, because I know how important diversity and inclusion is to you. So I just wanted you to share some of your initial thoughts on that. Yeah, so I guess we're a team of 18 people. Uh, we're relatively diverse. We've got a great group of individuals. Um, I think we were talking earlier that actually on the tech team, we've, we've I don't know if we've struggled. We have had uh, women on our tech team before, but it hasn't always worked out. So I guess that's something that we're working on uh, proactively, trying to think about sometimes creating more junior roles is something that we tried to do. So like bring in, for example, we had a great woman started from a, a boot camp, that kind of thing. So we've done a bit of that, I guess being really conscious about it, having really flexible working structures. So we, you know, we have a couple of mums on the team and yeah, just, that's when we had flexible working before that, but that's when you really see the value of flexible working. I think for those of us without so many responsibilities, it, it was like, oh, nice, I don't have to start till this time, or you know, I can leave whenever. 
but actually then it really starts to matter when you know for example Helen's kid has become homeless today for, for two weeks because his teacher got COVID so oh, like, yeah. you know that's suddenly her life gets turned upside down but being a business that's able to absorb that and cope with it I think is really important and we definitely I guess something that I've also learned because I don't I mean I don't have kids yet so I don't have that experience but actually it brings so much other stuff to the team like it's fun and there are these stories like hilarious stories and like kids and videos actually is quite fun as well yeah up the conversation so obviously diversity is not all about kids but I think that as a team we've done a pretty good job of recognizing that we want those differences and certainly from a kind of age perspective I think that often when you know three 21 year olds start a business they hire all their friends and you know they, they bring lots of interns we really haven't done that we've got a real good like breadth of experience people who have done different things whether they have phds and whether they're kind of near 60 or whether they're a new graduate from bristol and even though they've got no experience i think it's a really nice mashup and something that definitely like the some of the older people on our team have talked about how they didn't know they could learn so much from like, young people so I think some companies, big companies have programs where they get old people and young people to spend time together. But obviously, you know, we don't have to be so structured about it. But I do think that's something that's been really beneficial in the team. And obviously, finally to add, I guess, as a woman in FinTech, I think that it is very important that women feel like they can come into this industry. And also that they recognize that it's not all tech, a lot of it's fin. And within that, also, there's like, we have female designers and female user researchers and female content writers and they write about finance but they're obviously you know the, the role is writing and, and yeah account managers and uh, all that good stuff as well so it's not all tech there's a lot of other stuff going on to make the wheels turn yeah yeah amazing amazing to hear that so what i always love to ask is more about like the the industry as a whole and how we can work towards a, a more diverse workforce in general so when i open up this podcast i always say uh, we're here today to walk the talk and so like if i was to ask you like your top tips for the industry what would you say they were i think that well, maybe a bit like on my last point I think being a bit more transparent about what roles exist within fintech would be really helpful yeah because I think if you'd asked me three years ago what fintech consisted of I wouldn't have pictured a designer or a content yeah. writer or a PR person and actually we want that talent to be coming from probably the places where they're not fintech we don't no one that's worked for us has previously really worked in fintech i i think zero people in our company have previously been in fintech out of 18. so it's not an industry where you need to hire people from finance it's an industry where you need people who can like think differently and who want to disrupt the system and who you know care about the end consumer and, and have strong values about progress that's with really the types of people that we need. Ideally, probably not people from finance in many circumstances. Yeah. So I think that that's maybe a misconception that people outside of the industry have where they would expect to kind of have some financial knowledge. That said, when they do come in, it's on a steep learning curve. So you need people who are hungry to kind of take on the challenge so that they can kind of get the knowledge without coming with all these kind of preconceptions. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing just maybe in, in startups generally that I've learned over the last two years is, is again, and what I touched on earlier, is that hard work is not correlated to or a causation with, with the hours that people put in and, and actually what is really important to our, you know, we're reworking our values and, you know, what's really important to us is being able to prioritize, like knowing what's important to get done and knowing what can wait for another day. Yeah, very true. Uh, yeah it's not all about 
the number of hours you put in. And I think sometimes when you're starting a startup, it, feel, it feels like it is about hours. And it's certainly for us in the first instance, it was like, how many hours can we sit at a desk and get through stuff that actually, you know, we have people on our team who can't do that. And you know, people who are expecting babies and definitely won't be doing that. And yeah. like, it's just, you know, that it doesn't mean that they can't contribute in a really valuable way. And, and But that really takes a mindset shift, I think, from at least the people who are maybe used to thinking the other way because sometimes you can think like oh my god this person's not working right now or and what you need to be thinking about is actually when they do work it's super focused and it's really valuable stuff that they're doing but i think maybe finance and, and especially in startups so fintech that that mindset is maybe not always kind of yeah. on the right level and sometimes we're worried about we're measuring the wrong stuff maybe yeah, I, I think that is so, so unique, actually. Like, I, I've done a number of Women of Fintech podcasts, and to, to hear that, um, the way that you've explained that, I think is so, so important. You know, me as a new mother as well, like, you know, it's as I'm listening to you saying, it's like, yes, yes, please. Like, yeah, and I'm someone that's, that, that has spent the most of my, majority of my work in life working silly hours, 14-hour days, um, and I love how much I get done now. And, and my ability to prioritize. It's almost like, God, I, I wish I'd learned these, these sort of prioritization skills before. I would have been on fire. Um, yeah, well, we just read it. Our, our first value is uh, masters of prioritization. That's what we were going to say. We were just say mistresses of prioritization. I don't know. Now, now I'm thinking masters sounds a bit masculine. But anyway, point being, prioritization is really important. And that, I think, is at the end of the day, what's going to make startups um, successful whether they're fintech or not and, and also the individuals within our team so yeah we need to make sure we focus on the right stuff yeah 100% so um, it's been so great learning about you and your business what is next on the horizon so uh, lots I guess <laughs> um, we are growing the team at the moment so we're really trying to grow out the biz dev side of the team we were always looking for great tech people because they're so hard to come by but i'm currently struggling on the sales side like how do we how do we grow the sales team and how do we grow the account management team so that's a new uh, challenge for me and then in terms of the product and the company itself i guess we're just trying to bring on new partners evolve the product do more integrations and and get more end users and really we're going to be measured like the impact we can make is, is on how many end users are using our platform to see where their investments are and having a voice on issues they care about so we need scale and that's basically where we're headed yeah sure. amazing well look it's been so brilliant getting to know you understanding the business and this this mission and this passion it's been brilliant to listen to you had me smiling the whole way through this so thank you very much for sharing your story it's been brilliant having you on the women of fintech podcast series Thank you very much for having me. It's been great.